Hey family, welcome to Cool Jazz Conversations. My name is Marcellus Shepard, the bass man. And the group book says, what God has joined together, let no man put asunder. Mm -hmm. Please welcome to the Cool Jazz Conversations three-time Grammy-nominated husband and wife duo, Marcus and Jean Baylor, known as the Baylor Project. Family, how you doing? Hey, 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 we are Good. We are good. We look, we're still married. There it Amen. is. <laughs> Celebrating what 20 years, right? Almost. Wow, I think 19 20. coming up on 20. To see, we done lost count. Carry the two. 2002. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah. Wow. We're yeah, coming up bro, on yeah. bro, you got some planning to do. That's right. We gotta do something big, don't, don't we? Don't fumble. Yeah, we got a gig. We got a gig on one of our days. <laughs> do not fumble this. Or don't fumble or you will find uh, yourself sitting on the uh, couch. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's, that's, that's right. What you want to be sitting on, bro. But yeah, but congratulations. That's that's no small feat. Uh, my wife and I, we just celebrated our 24th anniversary. Wow. Congratulations. Ago. 24 yeah. years. She, she has not Good left me yet. So y'all continue to oh. pray for her. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Pray for her for all keep that up. I put her through. Keep but, yeah. but yeah, keep keep holding each other's hands. But yeah, but yeah. twenty years, man, that's that's definitely a, a long time, uh, especially being that the two of you are in this this musical journey. But let's let's go back, if you uh, will. I mean, you guys uh, are kind of from opposite sides of the spectrum. You know, Mark is living uh, in the jazz world initially, or from day one, pretty much in the church. And then Gene, you and the R&B and soul world with Jeanne, whom I love oh so much. But you know, Thank you. you think about, I mean, Jersey and Missouri, they they don't necessarily <laughs> mix, you know? They'll fall mean? apart, <laughs> different worlds. Yeah, I mean, I, how did that come to be? Man, she saw me, man, and just couldn't get enough of me, man. It was just like, I have to, I got to have him. That's literally that's what happened. Are, are we playing two troops in a lie now? Is that what we're going to start <laughs> off with the lie? <laughs> you know, what's your that's, side of the story? That's your story. Gene? How it you... was which Gene's side of it. Right. And right. the truth is, um, we met through music, actually. I was um, uh, participating in a showcase for ASCAP back in the day, hmm. and um, I needed a drummer. So he always complains that he was not my first call because I didn't know him. So I didn't have, I was like, I don't know who to get. And I, I reached out to one person and he was kind of flaky. And a mutual friend of ours, Orrin Evans, he's a piano player. Oh, he yeah. was playing, he was on the gig. And he's like, man, you need to reach out to Marcus Dale. I'm like, who's that? He's, he's, he plays with Yellow Jacks. I'm like, really? And um, I hit him up and he was like, yeah, 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 I'll do it. Now he, the funny thing is he almost canceled. Mm. He almost canceled. But aren't we glad he didn't? Because mm. my God, what a blessing came to him on the yeah, I'm been for you. <laughs> what a blessing for you. <laughs> it's a two-way blessing. <laughs> and so what you, you guys you you did a couple of gigs together and and then Marcus, you you kind of pursued no. from there. Man, she gig? had to have me after one gig. Oh my, god. Just one oh my gig. god. Can somebody mute his mic? <laughs> 
Going she had to have me. Can you believe that? One she, gig. She liked the way you crash your symbols. Dirty. <laughs> Gong. Deaf in one ear. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Ow. She's been walking to your beat ever since, man. Yep. Uh, there it is. I yeah. can't. I can't. The drama but of got, it all. But our upbringings are similar. I mean, her dad was um, was a pastor as well, growing mm. up in the church, uh, Baptist pastor, where they got out of the church in what, about two hours? Oh, wow. See, I yeah. Got, I got well, that, yeah, but that was including, I think, uh, no, 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 yeah, nine, service start, nine, 30. No, 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 yeah, 11 to one. Church service, 11 to one. That's right. That was after Bible study or Bible class or whatever. But I grew up. Pentecostal apostolic, so we you ain't get never church. get out. That's, that's all day long. That's the point. <laughs> He's listening. Church, church is Sunday. Now what yeah, hour? Dirty. Church you is got that right. Sunday. He's this still in it. the service of the Lord. Church is Sunday. That's the best way to say it. What is church? Sunday. Sunday. <laughs> all, all day. day. <laughs> all day. Wow. <laughs> and so, you know, when when the two of you came together, you know, I know for my wife and I. I grew up, so I was baptized Catholic as a child, but I was really only baptized Catholic because my parents wanted me to go to this Catholic school, Mm. to church, right? And so after I went, after I was pulled from um, Catholic school and went to public school, they, you know, they were done with church pretty much. Mm -hmm. I ended up going to a Baptist church for a few years because a buddy of mine went, loved it joined yeah. the choir started singing and then my parents started going to an ame church nice and so my mother's like well no boo you need to come on i can't believe i just said boo no, nobody know my mother <laughs> to this day, right. she boo. still calls me boo, boo just early bass man boo yes that's right <laughs> so uh anyway she's like you know i want all of us to be together at the same church so then i go to this ame church which turns out I loved it even more uh, as I came into my own and and learning more about God. And then I met my wife, who's born and raised Catholic uh, in D.C., this this big black Catholic church. And so she and I would switch back and forth from Sunday to Sunday, one week at my church, one week at her church. Mm -hmm. And then I finally had to make the decision, which then became easier for me because I started going to Sunday school a little bit more at her church. And I felt that my growth was happening more there. So I then converted over to Catholicism. But Mm -hmm. how did that transformation go for the two of you? Wow. Mm. But you wow. know, interesting. That is quite a story. Great, yeah. <laughs> and a great it question. Is. Thanks for sharing. Mm-hmm. We, um, I grew up Baptist and what you already said, we grew up Pentecostal, Epstock. And um, it was an interesting process because uh, right before leading up to me meeting Marcus, uh, God was kind of dealing with me in a way where sometimes you don't realize it until later on. Um, but I had kind of, you know, when I left high school and went to college, I honestly was not thinking about the Lord. I was like, all right, pause. It's been real. I'm about to go and have me some So I wonder, are you thinking about him now? But go ahead. You know what? You know, again, mute. (laughs) Did you get that mute? (laughs) Don't get me started on you, Uh, big bro. Your husband. (laughs) Right. So, um, I was just kind of like developing a, a real, um, a different, deeper desire 
for a connection with God uh, deeper than what I'd had kind of growing up. Um, because it's one thing to grow up in church. It's another thing to really start developing a relationship, your own personal relationship with God. And I think that's what I was kind of wanting. Um, and to make a long story short, I just, um, you know, I met Marcus around that time. And he had put a book in my hands that was like book of the month at his church. It was called God Chaser by Tommy Tenney. Mm -hmm. And it was a powerful, powerful, it still is a very powerful book. Um, and it really kind of focused on the presence of God and experiencing that. And um, it, it, de it developed a, a stronger desire, like to really have those type of uh, encounters with God. And um, I ended up uh, going out to meet his family uh, in St. Louis. And I had a wonderful uh, spiritual experience, um, which I guess you call New Testament experience or whatever. But um, I got filled with the Holy Spirit with it as I'm speaking in tongues. And it was like that kind of um, space where I rededicated my life back to the Lord and um, just was in a, now in a, a space where I was starting that process of learning uh, to have a relationship with God and live normal life, you know, and um, and that process continues on to this day. So it really wasn't a difficult process. It was just something that was kind of, um, I think, a natural process. And it was and I was around the time, I think about a year before that or so, Marcus had kind of rededicated his uh life to to god as well because he, he you know he was living a, a hot raggly mess okay. himself oh, amen i don't want to i don't want to tell somebody else's okay. testimony amen okay <laughs> we're not we're not yeah. here to out the amen god. amen the, the truth and, and, shall set you free you know and we're not here to be trying to be calling out skeletons and people closet and all that Listen, okay tell her, amen tell her, i'm not what i used to be come, come uh, on somebody uh, come on I'm yeah. not what I what? Say yeah. that again. I'm not what I want to be, but I'm not what yeah. I used, to, used to, be. to be. Come on, mm. somebody. Mm. Let them them bones, don't we? You want them bones to live. Yeah, you want to get head with none of them bones. But you know, Gene, as you see me hey. talking about your experience, <laughs> it it flashed me back to um, early college, just before I met my wife. I, I met my wife at Morgan State. Uh, but I was at Florida Memorial down in Miami. It's the, the southernmost HBCU uh, on the East Coast. And I was dating uh, this young lady. She was a couple of years older than me, actually. She went into the military first. And she was Pentecostal. And oh, she wow. took me to church with her one Sunday. <laughs> and it scared the bejesus out of me. <laughs> Don't do that. Because, and I, I say bejesus because I wanted to say something else, but you know, we're in the area, so. <laughs> the context yeah, of on. this conversation. Yes. <laughs> but listen, so we're, we're in church service have been going on for a while because, you know, it's oh. Sunday service. And the yeah, Sunday. Church, oh, yes. So I already know where this is going. sitting there and the pastor, he stands up and he's like, it's time for the anointing, right? And everybody kind of stands up. I'm still sitting down. I'm like, what's going on? And she's like, get up, boy, get up. I'm like, what? And so people start walking up and she kind of nudges me to go out too. And I'm like, no, I ain't going up there. She's what? like, no, come on. It's okay. Go, go up there and receive your blessing. 
and I'm going up and I'm seeing people passing out and and acting crazy because I had never seen anything like this before in my life. I get to the front of that line. He's at the front. That mm. pastor, I, it was some some type of oil. I don't know if it was castor oil or <laughs> olive oil. Or, he took that oil and he put it on my head. I don't know what happened. It was a outer body experience, but I start screaming, hollering, speaking in tongues, and it scared the Jesus out of me. I said, I ain't never going back there. <laughs> Y'all broke up immediately. <laughs> right. Oh, that was it. I don't, I don't like it. <laughs> that is too much. It was, it was too much. I, I wasn't ready. Right. I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready to receive it. I wasn't ready for what it meant, what it was offering, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. But but it let me know. What I learned from that moment was that the Holy Spirit is present mm, in yeah. my life, right? Yeah. But, but the way it was revealed. Yeah. <laughs> and and, and the way it was revealed and just, I think. No understanding. Yeah, no understanding. Right. right. Yeah, like no understanding. It's just, yeah, that could be a shocker. Because yeah. I, I do believe that understanding, and I'm glad you had that experience in terms of just knowing that it's real, but at the same time, it's important to get understanding. Yes, mm-hmm. the Bible yeah, because I, I couldn't I couldn't receive it. And so yeah, it, it scared the hell out of me. And I was like, I ain't never going back. <laughs> you got to understand what he said, Gene. Turn to your neighbor and say, it scared the hell out of him. You got the, whatever was in his life, he said, I ain't doing that no more. My God, come on, somebody. Okay, I forgot. We were uh, oh, Lord. Oh, we're supposed to be God. talking about jazz music and generation. Listen, I mean, this right. this is life. This mm-hmm. this is life. And you know what I love about the two of you and folks, you've got to follow them on social media. You know, God is present in everything they do, and it won't take anything for Marcus to break out mid sentence and start doing a holy a holy ghost dance, two stepping, <laughs> screaming, oh, praising while he's lifting weights, while he's trimming the yard, while he's cooking. I mean, this this brother is anointed from head to toe, man. And it's, I, I think it's beautiful the way that you all celebrate the, the presence yeah. of the Lord in your life. He is ridiculous. You know what? Gotta, my thing is this. Oh, like my funny. mom think I play I play too much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's like, mom, you raised me in church every day, all night. So I saw everything. So I get humor in everything. And hey, I believe God is a God of laughter too. So we got to have a good time. It, it ain't, you know, for me, I'm not always that like, that's serious. So it's just, you know, man, it's we, we, well, you, you got the two step down, bro. You, you got it. <laughs> you, you got it. I, don't, I don't want you to do it right now. <laughs> the microphones are ready for it, but yeah, you 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 definitely got a, a mean two step for sure. <laughs> so let's let's uh, switch gears, if you will. You know, just talking about um, some of your inspirations coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Marcus, we already mentioned that you came up in the church and Gene, not to say that you were a heathen or anything. <clears throat> yes, kind of was. But you know, Marcus, you came up uh, in the church, but then I know when you were introduced to jazz that one of the first groups that you heard was that of the Yellow Jacket. So how yeah. stoked were you when I don't even know how many years later it was that you end up playing yeah. for that group. I mean, take me yeah. back to that that phone call, if you will. 
Oh man, you're talking about, so I got introduced to the Yellow Jackets around seventh or eighth grade. And I think I joined the band around the age of 24. Wow. Maybe 23, 24, something okay. like that. So like 10, 12 years yeah. later. Yeah. And before that, I was touring with Kenny Garrett. And prior to Kenny Garrett, I was in Cassandra Wilson's band. Mm-hmm. And so, man, you know, like Gene stated earlier that um, that I ended up getting my life dedicated back to the Lord. And that particular year, it was spoken that I was going to be blessed after going up to the altar wow. and had a similar experience to what you talked about. But I wasn't. You know why would you say the hands got laid? But uh yes. but I knew what was going on. Amen. Amen. It and so I just knew from that day, um, you know, there was a transformation that taken place in my life. And man, what's crazy is like within like I don't know if it's a month later or something like that, I was fasting along with the, my family's church at home in St. Louis, and I received a phone call out the clear blue. Uh, to make some gigs and all the band members gave me a phone call and management and asked me to make some gigs and that's how the relationship in the first day of uh 10 year a 10 year relationship started with the guys and just it's amazing like we're talking about all these things but it all really ties in into our album because it's the album is called generations Mm -hmm. of course generations has to deal with all of our experiences growing up church family uh me being a part of the Yellow Jackets, Gene being a part of Janae, and all these things are uh, pivotal moments in our lives, in our lives that just, that are really just life-changing and just moments, man, which are, you know, uh, are unbelievable moments, which are, are beautiful. Most definitely. And, you know, since you're very eager to talk about generations, that's going to, you know, build up. No, 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 no. We'll do that later on. No, you stay right. No, you stay. You can stay right here. Amen. But, you know, the man, the guy got to put the text where it got to be. But we're going to stay right here. Most definitely. Stick to the text. But, yeah, but, you know, since you brought up Jeanne, you know, Gene, let's let's talk about Jeanne for a little bit. Mm -hmm. I was one of y'all's biggest fans. I'm just going to say. Brother may or may not have had a poster. <laughs> may or Wait, may not. I'm, I don't think I ever got a poster. I'm just saying, you know, but you know, from hey, Mr. DJ to, but I'm so I'm not just one of them cats that love all the hits. You know, I'm I'm B side all day. Wow. You know what I'm saying, uh, yeah, you know, uh, uh, more than just a temporary thing, rendezvous for the longest time. I mean, come yes, on. it's a temporary thing. I was going through some things, Lord have mercy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so that music got me through. I was I was a huge Jane fan. Thank I was you. like, well, when are they gonna do another album? And huh, they split. What? <laughs> you said, What? <laughs> Who said, Wait, did they go to church together? <laughs> <laughs> we get a gospel a but you know sh- share with us what your experience with renee what what that did for you and preparing you for where you are now on your musical journey yes you know we met at temple university in philadelphia and um it's kind of started singing in talent shows and different things uh at school and we would make like big money. And when I say big money for college, that was like $50. So you had $50, you was like, oh, we're going to 
eat good this week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but that's kind of how we started doing music together. And um, <clears throat> when we, that's actually how we made our segue into the industry because someone had heard us and took us up to New York to sing for some record labels and uh, one with Flavor Unit, that's the one that stood. Mm-hmm. So um, with KG and he was looking for a girl group at the time. So it was just the timing and everything really worked out. Um, <clears throat> but it was such a learning experience, huge learning experience, um, because that's your first uh, experience with the music industry. Now, this is going back to 92, 93 at this point, mm-hmm. um, where Hey Mr. DJ premiered on the radio in the summer of 93. That was right after our, our last year in school. So that was super cool, too. Um, <clears throat> but that was like um, we were kind of laying the groundwork uh, without really knowing it you know it's when you're young and you're just kind of going with the flow you're just doing things and you you know hindsight is 2020 so you know now looking back over it it's like wow we had some really great experiences getting to not only record um but also perform live um to tour and to travel to different countries um and you know experiencing the major label process during that time um, was huge learning experience. And so even just like writing and getting an opportunity to write or try to write, and sometimes it'll work out well, sometimes it may not work out well. Um, you know, I found that I kind of needed to grow in that area. So it was great even getting a chance to work with different producers. And um, I was like a ballad writer and then on the piano. So it's like, okay, you know, how do you write the tracks? How do you write the up-tempo songs and that sort of thing? And so we really fed off of each other a lot. And then also, you know, the people that we were around, like KG and Naughty by Nature, we were around them a lot. And they were always just perfect gentlemen. <laughs> if you can imagine, they were kind of like us, big brothers in a way, you know? Yeah. So they took really good care of us in that way. Um, <clears throat> and, um, and in many ways, it just kind of laid the foundation for, um, future experiences with music and writing and just get this this foundation of knowledge and information and even now when we're going to do whether it's photo shoots or um, video shoots or recording and everything like that you always carry all of your experiences with you we're like the sum total of our experiences and so that's like a very impactful experience um, that we both had at a at a young age, but young adult, we were we were grown, but we weren't quite grown. Right, right, right. <laughs> we thought we were grown, but now that I'm really grown, it's like you wasn't grown. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's so many things that, and you just learn so much in the way because there's so many things that unexpected things that you you don't know about, and so you kind of gotta learn it the hard way. And there was, you know, there was really not anybody to kind of <clears throat> take you by the hand and say, hey good if you do this or it's good if you do that or watch out for this or watch out for that you know so you just you're learning on the spot um but all in all it was a it was a really impactful and positive experience that you know will always uh be like the foundation of my time in this industry well thank you all for so much good music man and you know you. I, I always loved that there were always undertones of jazz present yeah. in the music so i i knew then that you would eventually make the turn or transition, mm. if you will, um, yeah. to, to that of uh, a jazz vocalist. Marcus, would you agree? Um, I can't say I don't agree. I'll say this. 
I knew he didn't listen to the B side, right? I knew the hits. I knew the hits of John A. So I really appreciated John A, to be honest with you, really after we met and got married, once I started really digging into the music and just realizing that, man, like they were really trailblazers. Wait a minute, so you married this woman without listening to her catalog? I mean, what? I mean, again, what had happened? Again, she fell in love with me at first sight. Ah, so you felt you didn't need to. Lies. So, so I had to go back and grab the catalog. I'm gonna gonna tell you that story too. Jane listened to the whole Traveling Miles album. (laughs) And before I met her, she came to the tour with somebody else. Oh. But I, but I didn't know her then. I'm just saying. Not that, that is true. Skeletons and we, all that. We 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 can. That ain't no skeleton. Matter of fact, I saw you at St. Lucia Jazz Festival too. We didn't know you though. Really? Mm-hmm. Yes, you were. I think you were. Yeah, yeah, yep. You were there. We figured it out later on. I didn't know you, so. Matter of fact, I think you were there with your ex girlfriend. <clears throat> but I didn't know you was at the St. Lucia show though. Why I'm finding that out for the first time? No, I told you that. I told you nah. that. I don't know how you don't remember. You always remember things. Ladies I'll give you. I'll, if you were I'll just you tuning in, this is going down memory lane. Our <laughs> special guests today are Marcus and Jane Baylor, the Baylor Project, <laughs> and the man with the voice, yes, who is our uh, therapist. Yes, I'm the man with the hour. Yes, sit sit on down on my couch. You know, and right. speaking of sitting, <laughs> sit on down on the couch. I mean, how cool was it that, you know, out of the pandemic, this song is birthed, a challenge is birthed. And I would think that, you know, when you guys wrote it initially, it was kind of like a, a joke per se. It's exactly what it was. <laughs> that was and, this, and then the song ends up being Grammy nominated. Who who does that? <laughs> People talk about got a great punchline. Talk about a great punchline. I mean, that's Man. one hell of a joke. You get Grammy nominated from it, right? Right. Yeah. Oh, it was amazing. He was in the living room talking on the phone to somebody, probably one of his brothers or something. He was fussing because it was in that, it was early on in the pandemic where a lot of people were just not kind of getting the memo that this yeah. is actually serious. Mm-hmm. And they were just out and about like it's normal. And he's fussing. I don't understand what y'all do. Why can't they just sit out? People just that. Sit out there. And so I'm in the kitchen cooking. I'm just like, why don't you go and sit? I was like, oh. And I'm, songs just kind of come like that. Everything is a song, right? And uh, I went to the keyboard and I'm just working. And I'm like, hey, man. Let's go live. Let's do something fun. He's just like, what do you want? And um, just come on, let's go live. And so I'm like, well, just do live on, on Instagram, whatever. He was like, well, no, because he's real extra. He gets that Teddy Riley syndrome where he want to put up 55 cameras. <laughs> Everyone <and>, live. <laughs> you know, Facebook, Twitter, Black Planet, and Christian Mingle. Everything. 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 We're going live. We're going live. We're going live, live. And I'm glad he did those (laughs) because one of our uh, uh, fans on social media uh, was like, man, that's a cool side. Y'all should turn that to a challenge. You're like, you think? And then we did it for fun. And then what happened, people were like, sending in like, one of our friends did like that. They were doing this like, 
Chicago style stepping. They were like in their apartment because we were all at home on quarantine. And one of our friends who's a musician, he plays organ uh, with Gregory Porter, Andre J. Pavek. He um, he was quarantining at his parents' home in I think Czech uh, Czech Republic. Wow. And because uh, they were on the road and had to cut the tour short. And he sends back, everybody else is sending back like a little fun little thing. He sends back like- Whole arrangement. A whole situation. Yeah. Well, we were like, well, dang, that sounds like a song. And he's like, well, if you want, we can finish it. Just do the bridge. Wow. And, and we did that and we ended up um, like just co-producing it. We did, had some, some of our friends like, um, do like instrumentation over the keyboard production mm-hmm. everything and it was so much and marcus wasn't even gonna play drums i'm like well that doesn't even make any sense that's like what are we talking about you're gonna play them drums cletus mm-hmm. play the drums play the drums working on generations album i ain't had time for all that <laughs> right right right, right. paradiddle right now <laughs> right exactly that's what happened <laughs> and we did yes. it and it just turned out to be a whole thing and we're like we gotta do a photo shoot and and that's you know we sat on our little ashy couch since mm-hmm. then we've gotten a new couch but that was the sit on down story <laughs> motivated you to get some yeah. new like this ugly couch <laughs> wow <laughs> no in, incredible story though but great way to turn around uh to turn you know the 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 funkiness and down and out mood of the pandemic of folks quarantining uh, into something fun because there were so many people. I saw so many videos of folks participating in the challenge. So, so yeah, hats off to you all. How is it, you know, you guys are like a, a modern day uh, Max Roach and, and Abby Lincoln, if wow. you will, you know. Yes. Um, how is that work-life balance for you all, you know, uh, being that both of you are incredible artists in your own rights right and you both have so much to bring to the table and there are only 24 hours in the day and i know me with my extroverted energy i'm trying to do something at least 23 hours of the day you know if you will so how's the work-life balance for the two of you there is none exactly (laughs) um sit on down on my couch brother Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> except yeah. I mean it's, you know what, I think, I think the reason why I was challenging to have a balance because it's like, of course, cre- being creative, that's definitely a balance because we don't necessarily, probably creative writing music all day. But the other side of it is is that we run our own record label, yeah. Uh, so that means everything fall upon us. Like right now, yeah, we're like- working on getting some things done. Um, you know, we tour together. Uh, we actually do have two separate hotel rooms where we tour though. Praise God. Praise God. He said, Praise God. Amen. You gotta think about it. Like talking daddy. Yes. When you getting dressed and getting ready, that mirror is big enough for the both of us. What you saying? He's he's the deal. I love you. I love love my wife. Listen, if (laughs) I ain't even right. go there. Let's, okay, like, I can tell you? right now that you're sitting in your space at the crib. That's your space. This is my space. Your space. Yes. I can I can feel it. I can just yes. tell, like, that's your, when you get in your zone, you go right there. Exactly. You know, but, but it's a blessing to, you know, to work with the person you love 
uh, that's the most important thing. Um, I think that really keeps us grounded and keeps us together. But I guess mostly, I mean, everything, everything is great. I mean, it just feels like, I guess the main thing is that just being able to, you know, we all, we share the same dreams and a lot of the same goals. But I think, I think the main thing is that we both, we work our lanes. That's mm. the thing. Like, right. When it comes to organizing photo shoots and all that, I just want to show up. Hmm. Uh, when it comes to videos and all that, I just want to show up. So that's all her lane, you know, but then she does come over into my lane. I mean, I'm just saying, I don't have an ego what you at all. Are you saying but that Jane is a habitual line stepper? I, I just want to say this to you. So, the, so early this week, right? So I said, we're working on something, some music stuff. And I just said, you know what, babe, I think we should, um, on this arrangement, we should put this right here. Now, mind you, you got to hear all that. Let me tell you something. Laugh and move on. She didn't want that on the record. Um, she felt like the Bella Project was a dumb idea. So mm -hmm. I'm saying, I said, babe, now this ain't about ego or none of that. Now, we're blessed to achieve this. But I said, babe, <laughs> after, uh, would, would you talk to somebody that's been Grammy-nominated uh you know, uh, uh, three plus times this way. And she said, what did you say to me, babe? He's like, you, 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 you forget, I'm nominated for Grams. I was like, so have I. He was like, no, no, no. And I was like, oh yeah, that's right. It's the Baylor Project. Cause he was I'm nominated with Yellow Jacket. So really, he- Y'all had an argument over who had the most Grammy. <laughs> yes. <nomination. laughs> hey, look here, y'all. That's the type of arguments we having in the Baylor house. Huh? He ain't nothing. So let me tell y'all something. Nothing. And that's the first time, because we, because it ain't about the Grammys and the awards and none of that, y'all. It really ain't for real. <laughs> Nick Rose is at home. No, he making notes. It's like, mm -hmm. no, it ain't about none of that for real. I was, I was about to serve this up to y'all. Mm -hmm. Somebody got to eat something, some humble pie. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I was just saying that, like, from day one, I'm always getting questioned. And so mm -hmm. I'm like, why do I always got to get questioned about something? You know, it's because we, we married. That's why. <laughs> it's like, and don't you forget it. Oh my mm. god! Mm. Really, really? I'm just saying, <laughs> Lewis. Okay. You know, I mean, but and then let's let's move away from the Grammys. So, I'll say this: whenever we get into an argument about sports, mm -hmm. so it has nothing to do with the awards. It has to deal with, I would say, the level of a thing. So check it out. Okay. We get into an argument about sports. And I say, I bet you I will take you out that you can't beat me or nothing. She you know what comes out of her mouth? Take her out. You, you, Hold on, you I'm sorry. Man, that came you, off wrong. That right, came off you, really you, wrong. Because I'm really trying to put to this on her. No, no. No, that's what happened. Redemption going on in there. What's up? You know what she says to me? I love that movie. She look at me and be like, yo, I went to college on a Division One scholarship. Oh. And so she always Ooh. throws that up at me. I mean, I will hey, say this. Yes, don't, she be has don't be testing she me. Flexing, she flexing. But you got to know what bit. sport she played. She was the first black lacrosse player, you know, but you're from the Merlin area. So you might be able to identify. I'm from St. Louis, Ferguson. We know nothing about lacrosse. Oh, it's a lot of <laughs> lacrosse here. Yeah. But, but so she went to college on a field hockey and then switched over to lacrosse in college. Wow. So, I mean, you know, you've had a few championship banners. I always wanted to win one and play on a varsity basketball team. So, so you know, all that's a whole she, has, she has a good right hook. She can swing real good. <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah. Marcel, let me tell you something. Yeah. Hmm. When we first got married, this dude had a little Nerf 
basketball right in the threshold from the hallway and when you come into the living room. And, mm-hmm. and I did let that happen. <clears throat> he put a little nerve joint. So sometimes we get bored and he'd be like, come on, you can't, you can't defend me. And so he, I went up there one time. Do you know he slammed me into the wall? Hold on, hold on, like, stop, stop, stop. Girl, he was like, hold up, no, girl, no, 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 Gene ain't gonna try to shoot a jump shot or just something just a little light. No, she wants to embarrass you. So the embarrassment means <laughs> that, how can I say this? You gotta go hard. She, she wants dude, to dunk. She wants to just dunk on you, like embarrass you like Shaq. And it's just like, hold up. Ooh, we can't, she we can't, throwing we the body into it and everything. Yeah, we can't have that. Like, <laughs> you know. Hey, we was, we was at Eric Robeson's house about a month ago though. Right, yeah. That is oh, true. Man. Who Why we got that on camera? Well, he got caught, right? Marcus, they was just shooting around and I wouldn't try to shoot around, but then I got inspired. So he didn't know. He was he was just like, you know, not far from the 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 hoop, hoop. and I just I just ran. I was like, drop my bags. He went to shoot and I was like, boom. And then I took it back, dribbled it back, and I was like, <laughs> man, that joint was like this. It was all nuts. It was in, like, in front of Eric, in front of Eric. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, because Gene, Gene is a, the kind of player Gene is. Gene like to like to mess with your pride. No, I don't. Wow. Yeah, because it's like, think about it. You wow. shoot that you somebody block no, your I shot. Don't. First of all, it's an embarrassment <laughs> kind of block. It's like in, in front of people. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah, like your, your, your shot really got thing. blocked. Wow. Yeah. I came up from behind and you didn't know I was playing. So right. I, hope, you know, I, really, I just really hope that Eric's kids weren't outside watching. Actually, at least, at least yeah, two of them. Yeah. Uh, one, yeah, one, one of them was outside. They will forever remember Uncle Marcus. <laughs> it was like, yo. The brother that got a shot blocked by his wife. <laughs> yeah. And so, had her see, score now, afterwards. And you held the pose too. You you did love the pose. I was like, yeah. And after that, we went inside. It was all nets like COVID. So that meant that was game over. That means we're uh, gonna have to go back over there and have a rematch. And I do not have the little man syndrome at all. You just say it. Hey, nah. you said it with your chest. I'ma leave he it. Don't. I'ma leave it right there on the floor. You said it with your chest. So, you know, you mentioned Eric, and I, I immediately think of songwriting, the, the prolific mm-hmm. songwriter he is. But as it pertains to the Baylor Project, which which one of you is bringing the ideas to the table for a song uh, and then also being the, the lyricist as well? It's all me. Dum, dum, dum. <laughs> okay. Go ahead and answer, babe. Now for the truth. <laughs> the truth in the lab. No, it, it is both of us. We both, um, that's an area where we're both very creative and we just kind of bring our ideas to the table. So it'll happen all different kinds of ways. <clears throat> for example, there's some songs where I may just start at the piano. And then there's some songs where Marks will say, I want to write a song like X, Y, and Z about such and such and such. Hmm. Okay. 
let me kind of, you know, mull over that or just be open to it. And then the idea will come. Some songs, he may start on the drums and be like, I have a feel like this and I want to do something kind of like in this world. And I'll take that and I'll say, okay, what do I hear over that? And then I'll write whatever it is that I respond to that. And I'll take, hey, what do you think about this? So um, it's it happens all different kinds of ways. So we both will start the process of songs. Um, it could be something where I'm driving to the post office and mm-hmm. something just kind of comes out. I put it in a memo and save it till later. Or <clears throat> um, so it happens like all different kinds of ways. Um, and that's how it happened with um both the journey and generations generations we did way more original songs mm-hmm. than the journey which was cool um and uh i th- so the concept of the album actually came at a friend's house we were at um our former manager's house and her husband and another couple and they're in the generation ahead of us two generations mm-hmm. ahead of us and we were just sitting around the table eating breakfast and homemade biscuits and (laughs) it's so good too and um they were telling us funny stories about when they were kids and the different things that they lived with and we no longer live with like the ice man ice box for your freezer instead of you know right Mm -hmm. and it's like i remember the milkman but i didn't have no ice box and he had a meter man for the refrigerator Mm -hmm. that you had to keep putting quarters in and i had never heard of a meter man for a refrigerator. And we were just cracking up at all this stuff. And and that's when the idea came, the concept came. I was like, oh, babe, I got the idea for it. Mm. The album, Generations. He was like, okay, whatever that means, that's fine. And then (laughs) song by song by song, the picture started being created, like, and becoming clearer as we would go on. So we would just in that it's an interesting thing when we enter into that space because i remember coming out of the journey and touring and doing all that for a couple of years about three years or so um and i remember marcus said well you know i think it's time that we um, and then you you've locked up the studio the, the studio's in disarray you got old chords all over the place and he says i think it's time for us to you know start thinking about working on the next project and like okay and I just open myself up to that and then so as we're going through our days, ideas come and it, like we have a whole phone full of memos of him singing ideas, me singing ideas, him completing the idea, me completing the idea, him saying, oh, let's rework this or OK, I like that, but we need to add another section in here, maybe something like this. And so it's it's just a whole potpourri of creativity when we're in that zone. So, yeah, so let's let's continue then to talk about generations and, you know, it's this uh, what it's been called a soulful uh, sonic quilt story. If if you will elaborate on that first and foremost. Yes. So, um, yes, our friend Andre Stone, chemo guest, he he um, is a writer and he's worked in the industry with artist management and also on the corporate side of Jazz at Lincoln Center and other um, organizations. And um, <clears throat> he wrote the liner notes and it just, we so loved how he explained um, what the album meant to him. Hmm. And that's how he came up with the soulful sonic story quilt. And he yeah. kind of um, highlighted the analogy between quilt making in the African-American community throughout the generations and Mm -hmm. the different parts of it and um, how 
it kind of corresponded to different parts of the album. And so um, the album itself is really, it's, it's, it's like a cultural anthology of life, love, faith, family, community. Mm -hmm. um, it's very much steeped in the black culture and the black experience mm -hmm. in America. Um, not just America, but definitely primarily in America. Um, <clears throat> and it speaks to different generations, different eras in music and sound. Um, there's so many musical influences on the record. And we just wanted to kind of tell our story um, and highlight those everyday lived experiences. So even though it's told through the, the lens of the Black experience, the concepts, they're everyday concepts that every culture, every people group, everybody mm -hmm. goes through. When you're talking about family, um, what's the song? A love is a beautiful thing. Yeah. That's like, you know, that's like family reunion kind of, you know, vow renewal, wedding. Uh, somebody at uh, Marcus's home church in St. Louis uh, got married a couple weeks ago and played that song once they were done their vows and everybody was exiting the church and like oh my gosh that's yes that's it that's it that's it nice. um you know even the intro to that song the love story we wanted to um not just hear from us but other people's versions of love and marriage I and relationships as well hearing all of those different stories oh, yeah. thank you we had both of our moms in there yeah. both of our mothers and um one of my uncles and aunts um our friends avery and dina <laughs> and people just sitting at the kitchen table talking about it and marcus you got the care because he always had his phone he'd be like eric oh, was in there right too Mm -hmm. And I love, you know, you, Marcus is asking your mother, uh, you know, did she know when she's like, I knew from the way you looked at him. <laughs> I mean, you look at her. <laughs> that's I knew. Right. See, that's the real story. Right. Mm -hmm. Amen. <laughs> yeah. That's the real I story. I knew from the, the way truth. you looked at my daughter. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. See, the album tells the truth. Eric saw it. it. He's like, I, I saw truth. you fall in love. <laughs> that's right, man. But listen, album number two, you know, and, and that can be daunting for some yeah. folks, right? Um, and I don't want to say that maybe it was easier for you because, you know, you've had second albums and other iterations, right? Uh, so it, it wasn't necessarily the sophomore blues, if you will, but I know it, it mm -hmm. still was a task to kind of meet and or go above uh, Journey, being that it was Grammy nominated, you know, two times. And for best jazz vocal album, which is no small feat at all, right? Yeah. Yeah. So con congratulations to you on that as well. But uh, but hats off to you and and coming out strong with this project. It's oh. it's jazz, it's R&B, it's gospel. And at the end of the day, it is good music, which mm. I just so appreciate. And then when you look at the, the level of artistry on here, Diane Reeves, uh, Jasmia Horn, Kenny Garrett, you know. Now, Marcus, you being able to turn around and bring Kenny on when he had you on years ago, you know, so it's kind of like reaching back, right? Uh, Jeffrey Keezer, Ben Williams, Jamison Ross, I mean, the, the next generation is on here as well. And then 
my good frat brother as well, Darren Atwater on here. Come on, somebody. Yes! One of the great conductors and and, uh, and composers out there. Big shout to him and and Soulful Symphony and what they brought over the years. But there are just so many incredible songs on here. And and let me say, (laughs) I have have two favorites on here that I I have to talk about. First of which, and, and I love that, you know, there's so much original music on here, right? Uh, because I get so tired. And don't take this the wrong way. I understand. <laughs> it, it doesn't pertain to you, but vocalists come a dime a dozen, mm. right? Yeah. As a music director, you know, you receive four to five vocalists a week. You're hearing the same thing over and over again. Singing the standards over and over again. And that, for me, I don't want to hear a standard. I'm not going to play a standard unless that person has elevated the standard to it. They brought something new to the table, right? Mm-hmm. They've accentuated the positive within that standard. Yes. You're not going to do it better than Ella did it. You better preach that sermon. Or Sarah. You know, you can't outdo them, right? But you can still elevate a song through your artistry, right? But if you aren't doing that, sit your on the couch. I almost said it. I I almost said it. Yes. But, you know, so for me, there, there are a couple of tunes in here that just stand out for me. Love makes me sing. Lord have mercy. You know, first off, it it has, for me, it has a, a kind of a Poinciana vibe to it, right? You got it. Ahmad Jamal, I'm, I'm just it. hearing that, right? I'm hearing yeah. that. And and then the, the strings come in, and I love strings because they bring so much drama to yes. us. Right? <laughs> Yeah. And and then you you top it off with uh with the great Keith Loftus doing work on on soprano saxophone and it, it just I'm just flying on a cloud. I'm <laughs> oh my gosh. Man. I love it. Thank where where you. did this song come from? Wow. Well so we definitely had a fuss about that one too. Didn't so we? this gonna get it. So you want to talk about Jeanne catalog, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> so I'm watching just to get a break. I'm watching this teenage, this teenage, uh, teenage series on Netflix, and this song comes on, and I'm saying, "Yo, hey, Mr. DJ is in his Netflix series." I'm like, "It's bouncing," and I'm grooving, but I'm like, "No, that's not Gene and Renee." Mm. So I'm like, "Who is this?" I'm like, oh man, it's the composer that Gene was talking about, Michael Wyckoff. He's the original writer that Gene sampled the song Hey Mr. DJ from. The original uh, okay. song is called Looking to You. Looking and up to you. Looking up to you. So <clears throat> I'm hearing this guy sing. I'm like, this guy got a vibe. And so I I no, so this one ended up happening. It it made me research his music. So mm-hmm. I started going through his catalog. If y'all don't know who Michael Wyckoff is, he was signed to a major. He was around the time of like Donnie Hathaway, Stevie Wonder. Probably he worked on some Stevie Wonder records. I think he's around like the early 80s. Okay. 
when you talk about this brother got so much soul, he grew up in the church, he plays keys and sings and writes. So I got to digging through his music and I got to this last track, which was called Love Makes Me Sing. And I couldn't stop listening to it. Wow. And I started hearing, I said, man, could you imagine if we flipped this with a Porciani groove? You, you totally mm -hmm. nailed it. You nailed it. And I could imagine this really having a vibe. And so I played it for Jean and she was like, Hey, we're done with the album. We're we're finished. I was tired. Next studio session we went in. Well, the next day she couldn't stop singing it. Wow. So next thing you know, it was time for um, you know, we had to record it. And, you know, a great legacy uh of a great artist, composer, writer, and arranger, Michael yeah. Wyckoff. Please check out his records if you get a chance. Please. That's incredible, it's man. So that yeah. that is incredible. And yeah. As I mentioned, you know, talking about elevating uh, standard, you all took one of the great pieces from saxophonist and NEA jazz master Wayne Shorter and just created a, a piece of beauty. Like mm -hmm. I played it on a cool jazz countdown a couple of weeks ago. And as I'm producing the show, I'm sitting in my studio and I'm working and I'm playing it and I just sit there and I close my eyes and the song is just so beautiful. I, I get emotional with music, right? Yeah. Like I have, I have an emotional relationship with music to the point where like I, I got teary eyed and I'm just not saying that because you're sitting in front of me mm. right now. I literally got teary eyed, you know, this, this great Wayne Shorter tune, you know, you you added lyrics to it, and we've all heard a standard that somebody's had lyrics to, and you're like, why'd you do that? <laughs> <laughs> like it it just don't fit, but damn woman, you <laughs> what I felt inside, you know. <laughs> mm, mm. Mm, mm. Yeah. When you came into my life. And then I think you got Freddie Hendrix on there playing trumpet, playing that muted trumpet. And I, I, oh, threw, I threw a bottle at the speakers <laughs> in that moment. Wow. Seriously. It was a plastic bottle. It was, it was a plastic bottle, it was. <laughs> but you know, I mean, listen, <laughs> what, what love I felt inside when you came into my life. Mm. Mm. Let me tell you something, man. No I'm gonna have to get you to. Do you play an instrument? I play a mean handbone, brother. Let me tell you. Because I'm like, if we can get you on one of these instruments, because you tone I'm in, because he 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 zones Ooh. into sound, right? Of a lyric, so you could you imagine him accompanying somebody? Like it, you would just be unbelievable. So we need you to sing. Wow. And as an instrument, we're figuring yeah. that out. Oh, yeah. Because he well, was know, just, would just be Let me crazy. talk, man. Let me let me be on album number three. We do it. Yes. We'll, we will do an interlude. This is a Cool Jazz Conversations exclusive. Man. I'm going to do an interlude on the next album. And it's going to be a you got, beautiful conversation. Man, because you, mm. you you get it. Like, we've been longing. And I'll say this. Like, we we did some, some great interviews, which has been amazing. But it's always longing for being able to talk with somebody that really digs into the music not just dig into it but really understand where you're coming from and it's more yeah. so not just understanding where we're coming from you it's you totally get it you actually 
you're living out the liner notes by the way you're speaking about it. So it's just like, there is no more, you know, we've been going around thinking about trying to make, get an EPK or some kind of video that we want to do just to explain the album to somebody. But this is it. You talking about it. This is what, this is what Generations is. You wow. Got Thank you, brother. I mean, listen, this, everything I'm saying has come from you all, you know, from your love, from your marriage, from your growth, from your experience, right? And that's what the listener gets to experience, you know, when they, when they hit play, you know, this beautiful, sonic, soulful quilt is laid upon them. Mm. As all of these songs are played and instruments are taking their heights and their senses to new levels, man. It is a beautiful marriage of sound, of lyric, and of love. That's what wow. Generations is for me. So I'm, mm. I'm a fan for life. You said that. <laughs> I am a fan for life. Ooh, thank yes. you. Thank and you. I'm just so gracious that, you know, and, and happy that you all took some time to to spend with me today you know i haven't seen you since what the cruise uh yes. years ago now right whatever yes, that's right yeah. that's right we had a great conversation there yeah on uh, i think it was love and business i think it was yeah. so marriage yeah. and business but yeah um so yeah so so glad to be in your presence once again this for everybody out there listening this is an incredible album you have got to check it out for yourself album number two from the Baylor Project. It is on their own recording label, Be A Light. Very important, right? Very important. So support them and all that they do. I want you all to follow them on all social media outlets, including Christian Mingle, Black Planet. <laughs> <laughs> I had to do it. So. What, Black what, Planet, Christian what, Mingle. What are you? Uh, <laughs> What's your social media? Everywhere. <laughs> on Instagram, we're The Bella Project. On Facebook, The Bella Project. And then on Twitter, it's just Baylor Project. And our website is thebaylorproject.com. It is funny how time flies when you're having fun. But that yeah. is going to do it for this edition of Cool Jazz Conversations. Uh, this is a production of TVM Productions and is broadcast from its home of WSSB 90.3 at South Carolina State University. You can catch the podcast of this program on all streaming platforms, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Player FM, Google Play, uh, Google Podcasts. Tell Alexa, Alexa, play Cool Jazz Conversations. She'll do it for you. Uh, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Cool Jazz Conversations. And we will see you next time right here on Cool Jazz Conversations. Peace.